0: Hello, and I'm delighted you're joining us on Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. Our present series of talks is called The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses, and today Brian brings us talk number seven in this 12-part series. Today the talk's called Using the Simplest Method of Transformation, and here's Brian to tell us about it.
1: Thanks John. Slowing down from the frenetic pace of modern living, reducing stress by becoming aware of our body's stress signs, enjoying the moment, whether it be a sunset or a bird song, having a heightened awareness of our thoughts and feelings, for example, when catching ourselves unhelpfully brooding on something, tuning into and enjoying more of what's going on around us, all of these would be generally considered as being good things in themselves. What's more, they're even endorsed by the British National Health Service these days under the banner heading of mindfulness. While some might reject all value in such things because they smack too much of self-absorption or maybe even because of the suspected Buddhist origins of this modern trend, others ask, what if a Christian version of it should capture the idea of basking in our beliefs holding scriptures in our mind and connecting more deeply with God in our lives as we journey through each day one moment at a time. Actually, the Bible has long encouraged us to be mindful of the things of God. It instructs us where our thoughts should be concentrated. Distraction is a problem in Christian living. The things of the here and now tend to press themselves upon us, taking our focus away from eternal realities. Many times we find ourselves having to renew our perspective. The Apostle Paul talked about the things that are seen being temporal, while the unseen things are the eternal ones. When I hear those words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I always think about a time when my wife and I were living in Belgium as part of a church mission there, and a group of friends came over from the UK to support a baptismal event we were hosting. The party included the elderly parents of a colleague, a fine Christian couple. The next morning, the visiting group leader had planned an early start to take in some sightseeing. The elderly Christian gentleman turned to me with a resigned smile, saying, "'That which is seen is temporal.' I doubt he was really set against relaxing for a short while amid pleasant scenery, but he was very clearly mindful that there were more valuable experiences to be had. If it seemed a little surreal at the time, it's rebuked me since, as this is the true perspective on Christian living. And it did serve as a reminder of something I'd personally experienced as a young man. During the years I spent at university, years which I thoroughly enjoyed, I have the fondest memories of times I spent in the evenings seeking communion with God. After all the daily tutorial work was completed, I jump in my car and drive a few miles into the countryside to a picturesque scene involving a body of water over against the setting evening sun. I think it may have been known as Glad House Reservoir, but that matters little. The point was that it was a peaceful backdrop which displayed something of the handiwork of God. I then set a scripture and song cassette tape into the rather tinny sounding car player and prepared to read my Bible. It wasn't that I was previously unfamiliar with Bible reading, but this was a new experience. I felt I was drawing close to God, or rather that he was drawing close to me. These times became very precious. They cultivated in me a sense of God that was far in excess of anything I'd previously known. The Bible came alive to me. Now, the Bible is the living and active word of God, so I guess what I'm really saying is that I became more alive to it. I was absorbed in the reading of it. If I'd some small measure of grip of it before, it now had a grip of me, and that's a big difference. I scarcely realised it then, but I look back now on those times as formative times in my life, more valuable than the academic training that was taking place day by day. I was beginning to experience what it means to delight in God and to have your heart's desires shaped by him. It sparked my enthusiasm for the endeavour at least of leading others to Christ and planting biblical churches of God little by little, other career goals faded and receded away. What I'm saying is this, that this was my first taste of becoming mindful of the things that really matter, a small personal step in seeing revival turn into reformation by means of the renewing of my mind through having its perceptions adjusted gradually by values absorbed from God's Word. As I look back on it now, I'd like to share in some more detail what I'm calling the simplest way to become what we are in Christ. It's how I now regard the process with the help of the Bible's teaching on it. The name SIMPLEST is an acronym where each letter stands for a relevant word in the description of the method. S stands for SPIRIT. And the point to associate with this is that we must begin our quest by prayerfully orientating our human spirit to God's spirit, for that's the way for us to receive God's revelation. The I and the M stand for intent of mind. This describes reading the scriptures intently with the aim of rebooting our mind with the knowledge of truth. It's in this way that we come to learn Christ, leaving behind previous futile forms of thinking when we were mainly mindful of other things and not the things of God. So S for spirit, our own human spirit, and I and M for intent of mind. Those are the first three letters of simplest. And next, the P stands for penetrates the heart which is what God's truth does when our mind is set on God's things. As we meditate on the Bible's teaching, committing to memory the truth set before our mind, so its values filter down into the core of our being where it will begin to influence our lifestyle choices. This is where we pick up the L and the E of simplest, drawing them as first and last from the word life, the heart, At the centre of our lives is where we reflect on God's things with purpose of heart until they come to shape our will and we submit our mortified body as poised to do good and for productive outcomes in our life. Our soul's transformation is now underway. By the way, that's the S and the T that completes our acronym SIMPLEST. It's the S and the T from the initials of soul's transformation. We are now ready to display modified behaviour in the life of our soul, this being the result of processing our altered thinking. Remember, we said it all starts with the mind, with being mindful of the things of God. If we take it this way, the current trending of the word mindfulness serves as a helpful warning of how we must try to avoid getting the same rebuke the Apostle Peter received from the Lord. The Lord, you'll recall, told him frankly that he was not mindful of the things of God. The step-by-step procedure can be once more summarised as prayerfully orientating our human spirit to the Spirit of God, preparing prayerfully to receive God's revelation, his communication through his word, And then reading the scriptures. It begins with an intellectual exercise as we first attempt to understand what we read. So engaging the mind with the knowledge of it. And this is helped if we commit a daily text to memory. So we set the mind, setting ultimate truth before it as we seek to grasp its significance. And this brings into play the heart which is where we allow truth to penetrate down into, this being the seat of meditative reflection, if you will, in our lives. It's the central processor that shapes our will. All this then issues forth in the life of the soul, helping us to live in the truth, not only knowing it, but applying it to transform our behaviour. We are complete in Christ, But is this not how the Bible itself instructs us how we become in daily life what we already are by the grace of God in His sight? It instructs us to be mindful at all times of our Christian identity and character. Of course we can't do this ourselves, it's only by working with God. We obviously need God's help for no one can crucify himself or herself. Mortification is a forgotten Christian discipline all about recognising evil and refusing it by setting the mind such that we can bring to submission our body so that it becomes poised to do good, not by force of will, but by spiritual disciplines, which are about breaking bad habits and making good habits. It helps us to turn from evil when we make no provision for the lusts of the flesh. Negatively, it's by figuratively gouging out our eye and cutting off our hand or foot. More positively, it's by setting our mind on things above, things of the Spirit of God. So it's both by putting off what's inconsistent and putting on what's consistent with the life of our risen Lord. Daily, God's Word, in the power of his Spirit, enters the mind and filters down into the heart and there shapes our will, to produce change in the life of our soul. Spiritual transformation is this overall process by which all the elements of self take on the character of the elements of Christ.
0: The words of our hymn today relate something of the transformation Brian's been describing in the words of the final verse. Finish then thy new creation, pure and sinless let us be, changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place. As usual, there's a transcript book for all the talks in this series, and you can obtain it free by asking for the title, The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses. You can order the book by email or by post from our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So, many thanks for the privilege of your company today. We do appreciate your interest in these programmes and we hope to see you again next week. But until then, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So, cheerio and may God richly bless you. Amen.